Welcome into Defeating the Curse. Baseball has begun, except in Washington, where it was rained out uh, for the second or third consecutive day. I've lost track at this point. Matt's on the podcast today, and we're going to talk some Mets. Fatty's on the podcast today, I think from London or from the Bahamas. I'm not 100% sure where in the world he is, but uh, for those that don't know... From, from Manchester. From, from Manchester. Thank you, thank you. Um, for those that don't know Fatty, he's going to be... Uh, he's added to the team for this season, covering... Uh, it, he's augmenting the staff here, covering the, the Nationals in, in particular, but he's a baseball diehard. I'm not going to say he's a fanatic or not a fanatic. I'm not going to liken him or not liken him to Steve. Um, we hope we get more yeah, content out of him he, he, than Steve. He, he flamed out in Double A at the age of ten. Okay, don't don't ever compare him to me. Okay, <laughs> I'm not comparing anyone to what, anyone. I, I'm just saying I, that there's a lot. Can I do my own intro? You, can, I, can I do a look? Since I'm a first time first time on the podcast, let me just do a little intro for every all the listeners. So I'm 25 years old. Um, I'm in my second year of med school. This I'm becomes Tinder. For, this is Tinder now. E Harmony. Preparing for I thought he was spoken for. for step one. And like anyone who's preparing for a big exam, I'm choosing to record a podcast instead. Thank you so much. That that that's what you couldn't wait to get out. Thank you so much for sharing that introduction, um, Steve. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to start with you, but I know you're very excited about Amazon coming to Washington D.C. Do you want to give us the the 15 second update on that specific topic? Well, first of all, Merry Natsmas, everybody. Okay, the national season is upon us. It is a glorious Opening day. day for the Nats. Scherzer takes the mound. It'll be a beautiful day. Also, soon to be followed by Amazon Miss, or whatever we're calling that, is the day that Jeff Bezos poo-poos on real, at real Donald Trump and tweets at him saying, I will be building a giant headquarters in your backyard and I will pay zero state and local taxes, so feel free to tweet at me whenever you want, because Jeff Bezos is the man. And if anyone, I don't know if you saw it, Joe, I know you watch CNN all the time, so yes. uh, CNN posted this like side-by-side -side comparison of the uh, richness of both guys. And Bezos obviously is number one, 115 billion. Donald Trump has moved down to number 776 on the list of the world's richest people, down 440 spots in one year. Okay, and it was they were just throwing it at him in his face. Three point one billion. So uh, you realize that the president of the United States doesn't make a lot of money, right? Yeah. Okay. Silence is golden. Let's get uh, into let's get into baseball. He's still not making money off of Trump Incorporated. <laughs> let's get into baseball, Matt. Yeah, and, and and Hope Hicks is just his secretary. Okay. You're the only one that cares about any of this stuff. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> All right, if we're going to go through presidential, uh, let, let's save that for the end of the podcast. Can we talk baseball? Bezos 2020. Can we? <laughs> yes, please. Let's talk baseball. Let's talk specifically about the Mets. For those that have been following our website and read our stuff, um, Matt actually put together a, a very good piece specifically about the Mets. The Mets started their season. Uh, Syndergaard went out and won him a game yesterday. Matt, uh, I think we all agree the Nats are going to win the NL East. And I think we could probably all agree that if they get any competition, it's going to be from the you know air quotes here. We don't know what we got Mets because that team can be could potentially be really competitive, or they could be essentially the same team we saw last year. You're you're the Mets guy. What did you see yesterday? Well, I think you just summed up my position, uh, <laughs> and clearly you read my piece. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I would say that's exactly right. Like so, look. Yesterday you get. Cindergard pitched six innings, strikeout 10, and it was easy. It was an easy day. He gave up two home runs, 
right? But that's going to happen when you're uh, when you throw fastballs. Guys are going to connect on your fastball. But he doesn't just throw fastballs, man. He's got a a 93 mile per hour slider. Okay, like that's just it, it's not fair. Okay, what he can do, and he looks he looks good. He looks healthy, and that's really the main word around the Mets. Last year, Syndergaard was hurt. Harvey was hurt. Mats was hurt. Uh, Cespedes was hurt. David Wright was hurt. David Wright didn't even – I mean, like, everybody who was of any – Familia went down with an injury. So if those guys come back, David Wright excluded, right? And, and David Wright was Hall of Fame worthy before these injuries really came about. And if you look at his war, you compare it to some of the best third basemen. He's already passed some third basemen in career war who are already in the Hall of Fame. So he was on his way. But clearly, I mean, it's just sad what's happening to him. But we can only talk about the guys that are on the field. The Mets have the potential to win 90 games. Okay? The Mets have the potential to win 90 games or 70 games. Okay? And that's really what it's going to have. That, that's really what it comes down to. Their rotation can be completely... Uh, their rotation can be... First of all, if they make it to the playoffs... I don't think. What do you wants think will face. happen? What What do you think will happen? What I mean, you you watch this team yeah. closer than we do. Are they gonna, yeah, Are they yeah. closer to winning sixty games or a hundred games? No, I think they're closer to winning the ninety games that I think they're gonna win. I think the Mets are gonna take one of the wild card spots. Honestly, I think uh, I think they, and they'll give the Nats a bit of a scare, but the Nats will win the the division comfortably, four or five games, very likely. Okay, um, but I'm telling you, in a three in a five game series. You don't necessarily want to face Syndergaard, DeGrom, and a healthy Harvey or Mats. Fill in, fill in the blank for a third starter. That's a good staff. Um, and honestly, the lineup can mash, okay? The lineup can mash. Cespedes is healthy. Conferto's coming back in two weeks. They thought he wasn't coming back till the well, first. Well, Jay okay, Bruce. so hold on a second. So you're, you're saying, Bruce, yeah. Matt, Matt sees, you see them going closer to 90 wins. If they get closer to 90 wins... Uh, I don't. I don't think the Nats are going to run away with the the NL East the way they did last year. Steve, I think you agree with me on that, right? I mean, they're, it's not going to be a, a cakewalk. I think there's a lot of expectations. I think they are the better team. But if the Mets win 90, I think they're going to be challenging the Nationals. I think it'll it will potentially put a scare in some people, especially down the home stretch of the season in, in August. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had hot sweats this morning thinking about. The idea of, I mean, if you really look at this uh, uh, Nats roster, and it all goes back to pitching in the sense of if Gio or Tanner has a down season and A.J. Cole is A.J. Cole, he ain't going anywhere. Or he didn't grow a new arm. He's A.J. Cole. If th- that becomes an issue, then you could see a team that's struggling towards the end of the season to win 80 games. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, a real likely scenario. If Strasburg goes down for any portion of time, this team is not a deep team when it comes to their pitching. Obviously the bullpen is the best it's been, but like Matt said is these playoff series in, in, in baseball are unlike any other in the sense of when you have one or two pitchers that can dominate, then that can change an entire series. So yeah, I don't think it'll be a cakewalk like last year. Yeah, well, okay. AJ Cole is an interesting topic, and maybe a segue here, real quick. And Fetty, I'll bring you in on this. But I think my understanding is they, you know, I don't think the Nats are thrilled to have AJ Cole as their, you know, their fourth or fifth starter or whatever it is. I think it was more of a let's we got to see what this guy's got because if we lose him, he's not coming back here, right? And I think I, I may be mistaken, but I believe I believe Rizzo's traded multiple times to get Cole back. I don't know. I might be wrong on that, but I mean, it, 
how confident are you with AJ Cole? At, you know, kind of bringing up the uh, the caboose here of the uh, that starting rotation. Yeah, I mean, w- with AJ Cole, it's tough. Like, there's, it's tough to say. There's a ton of confidence there. I mean, what what Matt what Mike Rizzo has said is that if you look at the fifth starters around the division, like at the, with the Mets and the Phillies, like he likes how AJ Cole compares to those guys. Uh, in my opinion, I think the fifth starter is going to be a revolving door all season. I think they're they're going to bring in a guy. They're going to give him a few starts. He's probably not going to pitch very well, and they're just going to keep shuffling guys out. Um, and a lot of people think that A.J. Cole is just a holding spot right now for um, uh, Jeremy Hickelson, the guy they just signed uh, towards the end of spring training. Um, I do agree with Steve in terms of Tanner and Gio. Um, those guys will, will – Tanner had a pretty bad year. I think Gio is going to regress a little bit back to the mean. Um, he, he got – like the numbers say that the Gio – got like pretty lucky with a lot of those balls that were hit and play off of him. So I think he's going to have a bit of a down year. I think Tanner is going to have a, a pretty bad year comparable to what he, what he did last year. What's a bad year um, though? What's a bad year? 10 wins? Uh, I, I 12, think Tanner is going to have an ERA between four and five, um, which is not what you want in a top of like a fourth rotation guy. I think like, if you look at spring training, his command has been all over the place. So it doesn't look like he's got good control uh, of his fastball right now. So I'm not sure what you're going to get out of Tanner. I think they're going to need to grab another arm um, for, for the stretch. I mean, the fifth starter, I'm not too worried about because once you get to the playoffs, you're going to go to a four-man rotation anyways. But I don't think they're going to have four strong pitchers um, the way their roster is currently set up. So they, they may need to pick up another arm Uh in, in, which, you know, which they should have done with Arietta. Right. Yeah. But yeah. That's what, and I'll, and I'll, I'll just say, going back to the Mets, um, so the Mets, they've got a great rotation. They've got great young pitchers. Um, they, they've got some power, uh, you know, with Cespedes and those guys. Uh, the big thing for them last year is they just couldn't stay healthy. You know, they were decimated with injuries. And if this team can stay healthy, like, they could challenge the Nats. Like, like my, my worry with the Nats this year is that I think – Everyone knows the Nats' issue is in the playoffs. And my worry, my biggest fear, is that they become complacent and that they don't take care of the teams that they need to take care of throughout the season. And they, they lose a lot of games, and they're just not focused throughout the season. They can't maintain their focus until they get to the playoffs. Um, and we saw that happen in 2015 when they signed uh, Scherzer and they had that superstar rotation and they were the favorites. And they just vastly underperformed that season. So I mean, that's you my just described every team how, in Washington D.C. How, yeah. how how annoying are Mets fans on a scale of one to ten? They're, I, they're I only annoying when they show up. Okay. They on, they're only annoying when they show well, up in they, D.C. Joe, I don't uh, know. Have you ever seen this, uh, Matt? Have you ever been a part of the seventh line? Army no, no, no. I don't. I don't <laughs> <laughs> they're horrible people. Okay, they're. They're passionate, man. Hey, the Nationals need a passionate fan base like that. Uh, you can learn a little something from a passionate <laughs> fan base. Okay. They literally, Joe, Joe, they literally sit in right field and heckle Bryce Harper to death. <laughs> they yeah. buy all the seats in that section and just kill him. 
and they do it when the stadium is as quiet as possible. It's it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's you know what it's embarrassing for humanity. It's embarrassing <laughs> for humanity. Believe me, like having look, I you guys know I did a stint with the Nationals, right? Where I, I worked for a summer there. Okay, <laughs> yeah, not not as like a player, but like I worked on the. Like I came across all the fan bases in the NL East, and obviously the Mets are our second worst to our friends in Philadelphia. Yes. They are the yes. absolute worst people. Okay, but neither here nor there. Can we get back to the on the field? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mets fans. Some of us can be very, very difficult. I agree, but there are worse fan bases, and I think we know who they are. Um, so I think this is what differentiates the Nats ultimately from the Mets. If the Nats have a problem come July 31st, they can fix it with a trade. The Mets either won't or can't. They don't have the farm system that the Nats do. And so that's where the Nats are going to win the division. They're going to plug in their holes, right? When it comes down, they're going to go in the farm system or their deeper bench. The Nats have a deeper bench. I mean, Daniel Murphy right now is injured, okay? And you've got Howie Kendrick as your backup second baseman. That's an amazing – most teams would die for uh, a yeah. bench like that, right? So that's where that's the biggest difference is if they're tied or even if they're even close, the Nats are going to make the move that the Mets can't make. And so that's why the Nats are going to win the division at the end of at the end. But I'm telling you, I agree with you. Your Gio Gonzalez healthy against Matt Harvey healthy, right? As your third starter. <sighs> I mean, yeah. Right. No, I don't know who's getting a worse taste in their mouth at that point in time. Right. But I can't say that Matt Harvey's going to be healthy. And that's just something I don't know. Strasburg, man, like he had last season was great. Last season could have been his finally coming out. But again, there's health questions, right? How are they going to how are they going to manage him? And it's always a big question, right? Since 2011, how are you going to manage this guy's time? How are you going to manage his innings? What are you going to do with him? He I think like I, I agree with Fedi. The Nats are going to coast. They're going to get their, you know, 17 out of 19 wins against the Marlins and 15 against the Braves and however many against the Phillies, right? The Mets series, the Nats handle the Mets. I won't lie. So they'll probably get 12. I, I think I could see them getting at least 10, right? So they get 10 out of – so they'll win the season series. So the Nats will take the NL East. But the playoffs, man, that's where things get shaky. And that's where – and that's where you'll have to see what Martinez can do as a coach. Like, is he – Dusty, or is he? I don't know. Uh, you guys really Bad. haven't had a good. I mean, that, yeah. that, that that's what <laughs> I'm Joe really Madden? interested in seeing. Yeah. yeah, like we all know his personality. We all know that he, you know, he's, he has a light clubhouse. We brought in the camels in spring training. Like we all read about that. <laughs> but I'm interested to see, like, way to get to how the he manages, Freddie. Uh, yeah. I just want to see how he manages the game. Uh, you know, they were like saying in spring training that the Nats were like overshifting on almost every play. Um, you know, whether he like keeps his starter in there or you trust him or he pulls him early, it's just going to be interesting to see like what this guy's personality is on the field in terms of managing these guys. And that'll be something that we see in the first, you know, 2025. But what do you expect to see? Like, let's get let's get past that. Right. Because it, it, the season starts today. You know, if they come out, let's say they come out and lose, uh, I don't know, five of the first 10. Right. They go 500 through the first 10 games. What 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 does he do at that point? Right, he's gotten to look at all of his pitching. He's gotten to look at his bench. He's gotten to look at his hitters. You know, what do you do at that point? You know, this team is so talented that you know my gut instinct would be just leave it alone. But yeah. to just a cherry pick here, you it seems like everyone expects the third and fourth starter in the Nats rotation to take a step back. If that happens, and the Mets or anyone else in the division just can stay healthy, 
then they're not going to win 15 of 20. They're not going to win, you know, they're not going to have these runs. I mean, so they're going to look a lot like the Nats team of, uh, you know, of a few seasons ago that really struggled to find any type of consistent rhythm, even though they were extremely, extremely deep. If the Nats get off to a slow start, I'm sorry, if the Nats get off to a slow start, you will see sheer panic. Uh, yeah, in the clubhouse. And what you're going to see is like like uh, I think Jeremy Hillickson or whatever will get called up uh, uh, and, and they'll pull the plug on AJ pretty quickly. I think you'll see a lot of lineup tinkering. We've already mm-hmm. seen a lot of lineup tinkering. I mean, Martinez now looks like the pitcher made bad eight. The, you know, maybe yeah. today. Maybe, maybe Mets, did that yes- Mets did that yesterday. Syndergaard batted of, eighth and it worked. And, so. and Cespedes is batted second. Yeah. And and came up to the plate with bases loaded. So uh, you're, you might see that. I think the interesting thing today will be see, to see where Trey Turner bats. Um, Adam yeah. Eaton is, is leading off, but Trey Turner has historically... Why doesn't you know, Bryce lead training, off? Second. I never understood this. Well, why don't you, put him, up, why don't you put him at the top? You know, let him see the yeah. ball. Let him Max see the plate five or six bats. times. Why not? Uh, I, I yeah. just, it's, so it comes down to the on-base percentage, really. And not the on-base, the bringing in runs, because here's the problem, right? If you come up after the pitcher, you're likely coming up every time after an empty spot, right? After an out has been made, which is why you put Trey Turner ninth, you put Adam Eaton first, and then you put Harper second. All of a sudden, you have the potential of getting two guys on and Harper to bring them in, right? And that's what the Mets are oh. doing with Cespedes, okay? So you... So basically, a lot of the NL teams are trying to take mimic what they can do in the AL, which is they put a speed guy nine all of a sudden and then a good on-base guy one, and all of a sudden you've got potentially three guys coming up before the heart of your bat. Look yeah, what, but what, Matt, yeah. Matt, Trey Turner is too good to put nine, to limit yeah. his bats like that. Yeah, he can't I, be batting six. I, 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 I mean, he could bat fifth. Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, yeah Michael A. Taylor. But what I'm saying is they can maybe, maybe Taylor's the right guy to put there because – Turner's bat, he could bat fifth in that lineup or even sixth in that lineup. Yes. He's got, got some power. He's got speed. Like, he's he's a really what they call a five-tool player, right? I mean, yep. he's got it all. He's, I mean, the guy, the kid looks really good. And I think, you know, part of the, part of the marketing potentially for the Nats, if the Harper is walking, is you put it all into Trey Turner because that's the kind of guy. And, and again, yep. the other thing I'll say about the Nats, if, when we were talking about if things get iffy with the Nats, you go into the farm system, you bring up some of those guys that they're really excited about, and that injects and infuses a bunch of energy back into the team. Robles is coming up at some point this year. Hellickson's coming up at some point this year. So that's what I'm saying. What the Nats have in terms of a farm depth is going to kind of put Band-Aids on a lot of the things that ail and is going to cure some of the things also. And and when injuries come, they always come, right? So there's there, you guys have a, a, a really nice farm to pull into and you can use them again for assets uh, to get big pieces later in the season. Freddie, well, let, Freddie let, how, let, how, how much do you love Mike Rizzo? How much? I mean, did you just hear what Matt was saying about guys you can pull up from the farm system, pitchers you can bring in? How good is Mike Rizzo? Can we talk about how weird to it is? To answer my that, question. Uh, <laughs> all right. How good hey, is Rizzo? How much do you I, love Rizzo? I, I, I mean, I love Rizzo more than anyone else, but I'm just so confused right now. I have no idea, like, what's going on with, like, like why is one of the best general managers going into a lame duck season with no contract extension? Good question. Like, like Rizzo, Rizzo, essentially, for those of you who don't know, Rizzo took the equivalent of an expansion team and built it into one of MLB's powerhouses. And he did it without, 
he still has a strong farm system. He he built talent in-house and signed the right free agents. And Rizzo has a reputation around the league of, like, some GMs won't even make a trade with him because he's just known to always win every trade. So the fact that this guy doesn't have a contract going into the season just boggles me. And apparently people inside the Nats organization don't understand it either. There's so there's always a scapegoat, okay? It's the same reason why Don Mattingly will get fired after five years of winning the NL West, okay? Or Dusty Baker will get fired. If the Nats don't get past the first round again this year, so and and they're not gonna blame Martinez, right? The next first person day to blame of the season and we're talking about okay, uh, so, who invited the Mets guy. <laughs> Look, hey, hey, hey. Can we? That's what it comes down to, and that's the measure of success for the well, Nats, that's what, right? Like, that's what I said last the, week, right? Nothing matters until October. Nothing. I, Whether they win 100 yeah. or 110 or 150 or 85, but it I'll, doesn't I'll you, matter. I'll None tell of this you matters. why it matters. No, no, I'll tell you why it matters with Rizzo before the postseason starts. The reason it does is because going into the trade deadline, most likely the Nats will be buyers. And if this guy doesn't have a long-term contract, how is he going to make a big trade? Like, is he going to be? Is his Oof. hand going to be tied behind his Truth. back, or can Truth. he? Is he, is he going to have the ability to trade one of their top prospects to get, you know, a top of the line starting pitcher for the playoff run? And would he know be that. more willing to trade a long term prospect if he doesn't believe he's going to be here long term? Exactly. I feel exactly. like we need to get this podcast in the hands of Ted Lerner. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we need we need a yeah, yeah. like get him yeah. to step away from Tyson's and listen to this for a little bit. That's right. hey, uh, Joe, can we talk a little bit about the rest of the league? Because I think part of what the Nats yeah. do is going to matter with what the Cubs are doing and what the Dodgers are doing. Right? That's their real. Hold on, before we jump into the rest of the league, though, let me just get the the, the let me get a consensus here. Uh, the Nats are in Cincinnati. They got three games. Do we believe that the Nats will win all three of those? Two games? of three. Two yeah. At least two or three. Okay, yeah. so they got the they got they open the season against the Reds, then they come home. They got the Braves, and then the Rockies, and then the Braves again. So they got six six of their first twelve against uh, a division rival, start. right? Right, a soft start. Yes. I mean, I would say Cincinnati. The Rockies were a surprise team last year, but that's nine of twelve of these games shouldn't be that close. Which is why if they get off to a slow start. Yes, Ricky, that, that's what I'm – yes, yes, like, I understand. Like, <laughs> I'm just setting it up here, right, so we can have a discussion about what yes. we expect to happen over the first 15 games or so of the season. It, well, yeah. if, they're, if they're on their game, 12-3 uh, and three is not uh, a crazy uh, record for them to have over that first 15 games. I mean, right. they should jump out to a big lead. I mean, and nine, me, nine of their 12 about... are against the Braves and the Mets. Yeah. And let me let me say this about Bryce. Bryce is either going to have like two seasons. He's either going to have an MVP season, who invited like, this guy, or he's going to totally, or he's going to totally like just underperform the whole season. Uh, it's like, a contract no year. Yeah, for him going into this year, like he knows the magnitude hey, of this great, season. Great hard hitting analysis. He's either going to be really good gonna, or really bad. <laughs> no, no, he's either going to like he's going to be crushed by the pressure of going into like this like contract year where he's about to get a historic contract or he's going to just go crazy and give us something like 40 50 can, home can runs we, like can we, I, I, steve are you I, wearing I a thumb ring 
Uh, no, it? it's my wedding ring. Oh, okay. Silicone. That, Kirk that, Cousins. I, Shout out to Kirk a Cousins. Big problem. I think, that was a thumb. I ring. think he'll be okay whether he makes three hundred million or four hundred million. Right in a down year, he's still going to get three hundred million if he performs the way we expect him to perform, which is MVP caliber. He'll get his four hundred million. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. MVP and honestly, he doesn't caliber. Strike. He wasn't MVP yeah, no, caliber he, last year. You could debate he wasn't but, the best player on the team. But how far how far is he removed from his MVP season? I mean, this he's guy, like, five years two old. seasons. Okay, yeah. okay, two seasons, all right? And he's, he still hasn't hit his prime yet. Yeah. You know, most, most MLB player prime is about 27, the 27-age season. So it's scary to think about what he's capable of, which is, you know, for once, I mean, if we've seen anything in the offseason, GMs have stopped paying people for what they used to do and started to pay people for what they can do, okay? And that's why Harper's going to get the money. It's not because of what he's done. It's because of what's ahead of him is scarier than what he's already done, right? That's why you pay him 10 years, 40 million a year, right? Is because the potential of his next 10 years is much greater than what he's already put forth. And it's it's scary. I Look, I think he's... In my opinion, he's the least of your worries unless he gets injured, right? And there's always there's always some nagging little thing with him sometimes, which impacts him. If he stays healthy, I don't think Harper's really a point of. Com- you'll get what you'll get. You'll be happy. The question will be how much do we give him to keep him? Can, can or as Steve this, says, can we let him walk? <laughs> I, I am I'm so over four hundred yeah. million dollars. Can we not? have a podcast the day after opening day how can we not talk about Giancarlo and the Yankees and what yeah. they did yesterday is unbelievable and they're on pace for 462 home runs they, so, well I mean, what about the, the White Sox hit six home runs yesterday but yeah I mean we expect uh, the look yeah the the Stanton I think the second that, that trade went through I was like I can't wait to watch it I literally was on MLB at bat yesterday following their at bats like i would go to jug go to stay and like like it's it's that kind of must it's a, product, TV, it's a productive man. work day matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't tell my managers don't tell my managers about this podcast <laughs> this was recorded at 7 30 p.m that's right <laughs> three days ago <laughs> oh, oh man all right there so was... let's talk about the rest of the league here okay We're, we've uh, this is a nice little segue here who who is going to surprise you know everyone this year I think I think it's the Yankees personally. I, I mean, not to. I, I think they're not surprising anyone. I think everybody expects them no, to win I, the I, East. Yeah. I think that they're going to be a. I mean, I think they're going to be. I think this cast has the potential to challenge some of the, the Yankees teams that we grew up watching, or hearing about at least. I think they're that good, and they've they've somewhat been under the radar. If you really look at like the last half decade. Um, it's been more about the pageantry of Jeter leaving and whatever and whatever. This is a really good team, and we saw it last year. And I mean, they they could really do some things this year too, right? I mean, they're they are really good. Many many people have already projected them to at least make the World Series. Some have projected them to win. And people that I respect in baseball that I've seen like that that I really like their opinion. Where people always come up kind of qu- questioning the Yankees is their their pitching staff, their starting pitching staff, their bullpen is so strong but their starting pitching staff is severino going to give you what he's you know severino i think people expect him to be great tanaka's not bad again but then you get to sabathia can he really do it at this age at his weight at his whatever right so once you get to sabathia and beyond there are questions about the yankee bullpen and but again the yankees even more than the nats 
they have pieces and they're not afraid to deal them to get the right piece that they need. And that's what I think. That's why I think the Yankees win the AL East with the Red Sox coming up behind them. Um, and honestly, from what I saw from the Red Sox yesterday, Chris Sale gives you six shutout innings. You're up for nothing. And then your bullpen blows it. I don't expect that to happen all the time. But I'm telling you, in Boston right now, there's a lot of angst, and it's only day one. They saw what Stanton and Judge and those guys did yesterday, and then they saw what their what the bullpen did, and I think Boston is freaking out. Um, the Yankees are going to – and I don't think it's a surprise, Joe. I think everybody expects the Yankees to mash. Okay, well, I'll give you, you – let me the, give you another yeah. one. Awesome, Joe. Go ahead. The problem, Joe, in, in baseball is there are very few surprises in the sense of – there's not there's buyers and sellers. There's teams tanking and teams contending. And because of the no salary cap, I mean the, the rich get richer and the poor get poor. I mean, you look at what the Marlins did yesterday. But I don't I don't hold on. I don't buy that joint. narrative completely because just in the last half decade, we've seen the Royals win a World Series. We've seen we've seen the Cardinals, you know, be competitive year in, year out without bloated you know, super bloated uh, payrolls, and look at uh, you well, know, uh, and and specifically last year the Padres, right? And I don't know why, but I've always kind of liked that team for some reason. Maybe it's just because of the beach weather in San Diego. But you know, they lost what 90, 90 games or ninety five games or whatever it is, basically by pay- playing all of their young guys. You got to think that that team is going to be significantly better, given that everybody got basically a full year with no expectations on them. They lost a ton of games, but isn't that a team that should just improve based on experience? I, what I'm saying is come October, the Cubs, uh, Dodgers, Nats, Yankees, Astros, and Indians yeah. will all be there. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's in terms of the, the yeah, in terms of the makeup of this season, you look at it, you really have three super teams is what I would say. You've got the Dodgers, the Astros for sure, probably the most complete team in all of baseball, and then probably the Indians. And then after that, you got your 1B group, which is your Nats, your Cubs, and, and your Yankees. Yankees. And I agree with Steve that any of those teams can compete for it, but I don't see a team outside of that even having a shot when it comes so down what, to... What's interesting, Fandy, is I'd flip-flop. I actually would put the Dodgers into the second tier, and I'd move the Cubs up into the top tier. I think the Cubs are the best team in the National League. Uh, I think the Dodgers, um, I get with Justin Turner going down, and honestly, there's something about the Dodgers that doesn't... <laughs> doesn't like strike me as and and they're gonna get some competition in the west the diamondbacks are a better team the rockies are a better team the padres are a better team you know the giants the everybody giants. with the yeah. giants with longer i mean so they're gonna get some competition and i think the dodgers are gonna take a step back they have clayton kershaw so they always are gonna be in contention um but no i would move the cubs up and i'd move the dodgers back i think yeah. the wild cards are where you watch baseball this season Right, because I think the top six, I think the divisions are all kind of you could put you could write them in ink. Right, I think you're going to get some interesting play from the Twins this year. Uh, the Angels, actually, I think the Anaheim Angels are going to look good. Like uh, you know, Shota Yohani. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's how interesting you is that? We got that a guy name. who's going <laughs> to. <laughs> right, and then uh, so I actually like the Angels to take one of the one of the uh, one of the uh, wild card spots in the AL. Uh, I, the Royals, people are writing off the Royals as being like rebuilding. They have a very veteran team. And for five innings yesterday, that veteran team showed up. I don't know what happened after they got killed by the White Sox, but the White Sox are going to be and a fun st- team. And don't sleep yeah, on our compadres to the north on I-95. The Orioles the Ori- yeah, I mean, absolutely. Have, a, have a talented roster. I mean, yes. So yeah. 
you got a Machado playing in a contract year. What makes so. baseball fun right now is is definitely the wild card, right? Adding that second wild card team is make, giving all these teams a chance. If we'd only had one wild card team, baseball would be really boring this season because I think the six divisions are are and in the NL, I've got the Mets and I've got the Cardinals as your wild card teams. I think those are your next two teams up. I think you'll get some competition from the Giants, although no Baumgartner and no Samarja, they're gonna you know start off kind of shaky, uh, and even their Melanson, their their closers is hurt too. So uh, the Giants had expectations, but I don't know where they'll be. But then the Diamondbacks are good, and and the Rockies are good. So. Uh, and the Brewers got better too. The Brewers made some interesting signings. I'm I'm excited to see what they look like. So if I if I need to sit at Nats Park in September with a competitive Mets Nats game with a bunch of Mets fans, I I'm, I might I might pass. We'll out. see you. I, we'll I, see I, you. I might be done with that. Okay. See if you I, there, bro. Orange well, and blue. What are, they, uh, <laughs> what are they called? Is it the Seventh Line Army? Seventh Brigade Army? Yeah, seventh Seven Train Army, Seven Line Army, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something I don't even like know that. what they. Yeah, yeah. Awful, can we awful can we talk about also uh, the price of a beer at Nats Park now? Steve, you know you know what they bumped it up to? Eleven. Sixteen dollars for a beer at Nats Park. <laughs> That's uh, well. Look, you can just just look at it this way. Every time you buy a beer, you you're that much closer to having Bryce come back. Okay, because that's where that money's going. The learners well, aren't I, stupid. Any well, new or concessions? Or Tyson's three. Or Ty- one of those. Tyson's three really does Am- pay for Amazon, itself. If Amazon picks Navy Yard, then we can name the the stadium Amazon uh, uh, Park. Yeah, and, and Nats. We'll yeah, Hey, uh, any new concessions at Nats Park this season? And they have heard the, about. Uh, I just saw the. Um, it's an alcoholic uh, cooler, like a like a juice pouch, but with alcohol. <laughs> I think it retailed for forty two dollars. You know, there is something cool. Is uh, for five dollars, you put on the virtual reality thing, and you can do a home run derby. Oh, uh, that with is like cool. a bat. And it, it, yeah. it, it actually looks really cool. It's, I think it's ahead of the All Star game. Is that for the kids um, or for the adults? It, I think it's actually both, and I, I've heard there's going to be tons of festivities for the All Star Week, and that's something we gotta, yeah. we gotta, you know, do a full we'll thing be there. about. Uh, we gotta cover, yeah, yeah. yeah we we gotta, will be there. Are, All right, so let's, be let's close out on this. The season starts today. Do we expect a win? Yes or no? And give me a score. Let's go, Matt first. Uh, I think Nats. I think Nats win. I think they win handily. Uh, four four zero. Scherzer uh, seven shutout, and uh, then the law firm takes over after that. I think uh, you get. Uh, I think Harper goes one for four uh, with a double. This guy's reading the future. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a double and an RBI. That's, uh, that's what I'll give you. Fatty from Manchester. Right. Will you be watching uh, this game? Let, let's get that first. Will you be watching somehow? At 9 p.m., I will be watching baseball from okay. Manchester. Uh, Scherzer is a little shaky today. Gives up four runs, uh, but the Nats close it out 6-4. Oh, wow. Stevie. No, they'll win. Uh, I think they'll win 2-1. I think it'll be a low-scoring uh, affair. I think Scherzer will do his thing. I don't know if he'll hit seven innings. Uh, I think Davey will be a lot more um, willing to, to, to pull the plug on the guys. I think... You'll see. Uh, I'll give you someone to watch today. Is Sammy Solis had a hot spring training? I love the left. Hey, Freddie, Freddie, don't scoff at me. Okay? Uh, the hot think, takes. Okay. The hot okay. takes from we'll, Steve. Hey, hey, be here on Monday morning. We'll record a recap and we'll see. We will. So are you taking? Uh, are you I taking predictions I, for the season? We can. Uh, we could do that too. I'll give you my prediction for today. I think it's a one-zero Nats and Max throws a perfect game. Now. 
Matt. <laughs> Matt, who, who give me give me your season prediction after one day right. of watching baseball. Yeah. Okay. So season prediction. I think you get a Astros and Cubs World Series. I think oh, the just uh, shoot this guy. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I think the I think it's Cubs Mets in the NLCS. By the way, too. Let me tell you that. So, um, but and then in the ALCS, I have Astros Yankees. I think the Astros beat out the Yankees. I think the Met the Cubs beat out the Mets. I think Astros Cubs a World Series with the Astros in six. I've got a repeat champion. Book it. We will. We will. We will cut. We will go to back to this tape. We will splice this and keep it. Maybe we open every show with it. Actually, as the season progresses, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to make right. any predictions at this point. Fady, do you want to make a prediction? Do the Nats win the World uh, Series? I don't, I, I don't want to make a prediction, but I want to do a little plug because uh, I'm working oh, on a piece God. right now. Oh boy! Uh, just let. Give me this. Just give me this. So I'm, I'm working on a piece right now about how uh, the Nats are actually the front runners to re-sign Bryce. I know it's a little bit of a Homer piece, but it gives uh, it gives some hope to those Nats fans out there that don't think we have much of a shot of re-signing him. So be on the lookout for that. I think that's coming on Tuesday. Steve, do you want to make any predictions? Besides Amazon yeah, sure. coming to Why DC? the hell not? Um, yeah, I think uh, Nats win the World Series, uh, take down the... Uh, Rizzo we'll and Bryce both walk, uh, uh, right? I, I think uh, Amazon will select Navy Yard on uh, – they'll probably tweet it out on April 15th next week. Um, and Bryce goes into the Home Run Derby and gets a solid sixth place <laughs> in the Home Run Derby. Um, yeah, Nats win the World Series, beat down the Yankees. And Trump wins 2020, price, right? And Trump – I'm not sure he'll make it. <laughs> Storm, Stormy is on the prowl. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. She couldn't get the dress, though. I was uh, hoping she had the dress. <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you very much. We went a little over, but that's okay. Uh, for Matt, for Fetty, for Steve, my name is Joe. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Defeating the Curse. Welcome to baseball in Washington, D.C. The season begins anew in just a few hours. We are excited. Stay with us throughout the season. Lots of reporting, lots of uh, coverage, lots of podcasts, lots of us talking, and lots of opinions. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Go Nats. Hopefully they come home with a sweep after uh, their visit in Cincinnati. Until next week, we are out.